Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young, joined as always by good friends, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, how are we? It's Monday. I'm Monday. ready for Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. I, I caught up on some rest today. Those I AAU takes a, a lot of conditioning to get in AAU shape, and uh, I was not there by by Saturday night, Sunday morning. I was I was ready to come home to, to Chad's bed. That's yeah. for sure. Well, you got Chad's bed. Now you're here. I did. You're ready to to liven it up. But one person that's always here every other Monday to liven it up is none other than we like to call him a friend. You guys, I, I think you could call him a friend. He might accept it. I don't Those know of us who showed up at Squat Fest anyway. Ooh, ooh, good point. Good point. You got Gosh. you got ground to make up here. A lot of ground. Ah, yeah. Maybe the ground is me me making the the trip over to uh, Cincinnati and and figuring it out from there. Speaking of trips, before I bring our good friend. The man, the myth, the legend, the goat, the squat fest machine. If you did see him on the mic, he is not an MC. He is the strength and conditioning. That is Brady Collins, the 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 strength of the BBP. Brady, how are we? Doing great, brother. What a, as always, what an intro. Even though I am selfishly, I'm a little upset that you know you were the lone member that was not present. You know, I I agree. I agree. And, and it hurt my heart too. When all, when, you know, I saw Chad's tweets. I said, okay, Chad's there. That's fine. Saw a tweet from Aaron. I said, ah, Aaron, sure, sure. Okay. Saw a tweet from Dave. And I was like, ooh, man, man, my heart goes out. My heart does <laughs> go out. He's in peace. But you know what? It is what it is. I made a trip to somewhere else, went to Florida. And I'll just do a quick spiel about my comeback today. If I, <laughs> If I slip up on some words or if, if my vocabulary isn't up to the, the high esteem that it normally is. You've been fine. drinking in a hotel or in, a, in an airport bar all day, haven't you? Oh, my gosh. About, <laughs> it was last night. We get there. Orlando Airport. If you've been there, you know the fiasco that that is. Yep. And, uh, of course, flight delayed three hours. Okay, fine. Fine. We'll, we'll find somewhere to, to sip a couple beverages. Enjoy the NBA Finals game, so what and so forth. But, uh, well, everything closed. The only thing that was open is Jersey Mike's. Shout out J. Mike's. They make a good sub. But that's not what I was looking for. I need something to tide me over to get me home. Delayed two, uh, three hours, that's fine. Get on the plane. Delayed another 45 in the plane, that's fine. Touchdown about 3 o'clock. The thing that you walk off the, the airplane to to get onto the tarmac, that, that thing is broken. They have to send someone out to repair that. Drive back to the, to the apartment. AC is broken. Go into work this morning, 7.30. Here I am. So, you know what, Brady? Might, might, might need you to bring a little bit of that, that pizzazz that you always bring for us. Because we need it. We need it. Monday here on the BBP, it's needed. I find one common denominator in the, you know, in all of that, that you just said of all your misfortunes, right? You know, you know what it all stems back from. I, you, I know what you're going to say. Let's say it. You miss Squat Fest. I know. <laughs> I know. You messed hey, up the juju. Here Here's what you can do, right? right? We live in a world of what have you done for me lately? So, you know what? You can always redeem yourself. I need it. Maybe, you know. 
maybe you guys want to come see on July 30th, um, you know, a fun little another um, special thing that we do here before we head off to camp. I'll just throw that out there for now, but you know, put it out there. So you have plenty of time to prep for your vacations and whatnot. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> on the calendar, let's lock it down, but you bring up squat fest. We touched on it last week here on the BBP, but we need it from the, the exact pro from the astute man that was there with the mic in his hand, calling the ones and twos. What was just your most impressive takeaway from squat fest and why is it, the size of Rob Jackson, as we have talked about over and over again. <laughs> um, you know what? I mean, I think this was the best one we've ever did. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, not having it last year because of the COVID situation. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just the guys that we have on that team that, you know, just embrace everything that we do, that know what that day's about. Um, that live for it, that totally embrace it. And uh, I mean, it, it was, it was a special day and, you know, the guys have always known it was coming and, you know, they get fired up for it. And, you know, again, everywhere I've ever been, I've seen some cool things and, you know, I've, I've come up with my own, um, you know, fun ideas that everywhere I've ever worked. And, you know, when I finally got to put my own personal stamp, you know, on the program here with Coach Vic, it was, you know, we're going to be true to ourselves and we're not going to try to be someone we're not. And, you know, for me, it's all, you know, yes, you're, you're going to grind. You're going to work hard because let's face it, nothing in life is going to come easy unless you work for it. The game of football is the exact same way. You can't just show up on Saturday and dominate. you got to put in the work. And, you know, the biggest thing and the best thing that we can do for my staff and as a, as a whole, as a program, that Coach Vic preaches it, preaches it all the time, is how can we give back? And in a lot of ways, you know, it kind of sounds a little crazy maybe to the, you know, the normal everyday person, but you're going to come in, you're going to squat heavy, you're going to do a lot of other crazy things and fun and, you know, safe environment and, uh, you know, just really get after it. But at the end of the day and at the same time, it's going to be the most fun you've ever had. And, you know, again, I, I've always been a fan of, you know, big theme lifts and lights and craziness and DJs and how can I always one up it, and one up it, and one up it. Well, I mean, no doubt the, uh, the uh, 2K21 squat fest was the all time best. And I, again, it's just a testament to, to our guys in the locker room, to my staff coming up with some stuff. Um, DJ Oz, shout out to him. That's my uh, assistant, J.O. That's his his cousin and uh, he did a great job for us um i don't always like to use a mic on squat that's it's the only time i use a mic um but uh it was it was just it was it was a great day man and again like what's really cool is just the evolution of those guys you know like for me to kind of stand back at times and just watch the whole room and the energy and you know the older guys leading those young guys I and mean, that was the, that was their young guys those new freshmen that was their first exposure to lifting with the older guys. And, you know, you kind of prep them. I, you know, I was prepping those young guys for two weeks. I'm like, look, man, Isaiah Cox, you need to be watching exactly what uh, Brian Cook does every single time and follow him. Like, Z. He was on him uh, like blue, by the way. Exactly. He did not leave his hip is. the entire time. Exactly. Monkey see, monkey do. And he, he's listening and he's learning. 
Um, you know, I told Rob Jackson, I told Z, I said, Hey, wherever Jabari Taylor, wherever Curtis Brooks, wherever Miles Sanders goes, you go, um, Dingle, wherever Beavers goes, you go. And, uh, you know, again, that's just, it's a testament to our guys because they, they feed off that. They know that ultimately they're going to get their work in. They're going to have fun, but they know what our entire culture and program it's about. And it's leaving a legacy, bringing those guys below you up to your level to understand the standard that has been set to ultimately perform really well. But it's also, it's, it's why we win. Like, let's face it, football, it's the most violent physical sport there is. And it's awesome. But at the same time, it's the most fun, right? Like you can't play any sport really, really well if you're not having fun. Well, I, I spin that in the weight room, like every day, I get it. It becomes a grind sometimes for some, but we try to do different things every single day, you know, whether it's music, whether it's the way we warm up, whether it's, you know, the groups that you're in or whatever it is, like you got to mix it up. I've always said when, when we started here, I want the weight room to be a sanctuary. Life's going to give you so much stress. It's going to put so much on your plate, you know, whether it's social, academic, family, girlfriend, anything, right? When you come in the weight room, that's your only time that you get to truly maximize and devote yourself to the craft of what it is you want to do. And in turn, it's also going to teach you life lessons that are going to set you up for the rest of your life. You know, it's one of the biggest things I always say. I mean, no doubt. I love when great football players are great in the weight room. Let's face it. There's some guys that are great football players that aren't the strongest, the fastest in the world. Guess what? That doesn't matter. What matters is that you play football really well. But, you know, again, we care more that these guys are, yes, unbelievable on the field, but then represent the university and ultimately the name on the back of their jersey the right way. And they set themselves up to be great future husbands and fathers and businessmen and teachers and whatever may come after football. But it was it was an unbelievable day. Um, like I said, it's definitely it's it's at the top. And again, our job and the challenge that I always present to myself and my staff is how do we beat it next year? And let's face it, we'll beat it next year. Trust me. So my, I guess I had two favorite things and I'll get to the second thing later, but my, my favorite thing that I saw right out of the gate was get the rope. <laughs> and so you have this literally like caveman style tug of war going on as you're just calling out names and matchups. So did you, predetermined those matchups or were you just shouting names out that you just felt like in that moment you wanted to see how did that go down and then it was hard to hear with all the screaming and everything going on so if you could share what some of those matchups were and who won because it, you could not tell <laughs> um so the one-on-one rope fight um is a it's a state one-on-one is <laughs> yeah. hey like i said one-on-one, but is it really in any game, in any sport, is it really one-on-one? Maybe basketball. Maybe it's one-on-one. Maybe golf, right? Like I said, what makes football so unique? There's 11 guys on the field at one time going against 11 guys. Next set could be 10 guys and a different 11th guy going against, like, you got to be a team. And again, our biggest thing is brotherhood and iron sharpens iron, all that stuff. So no doubt you call a linebacker up and he's going against a running back. Well, obviously, squat fest was offensive group and defensive group. But, you know, say you got a tight end going against a running back. Well, no doubt you're going to have all the tight ends around his boy. You're going to have all the running backs around his boy. Why? Because they want to win. They want to be the dominant group. They don't want to let their brothers down. They don't want to let their unit down. And, uh, 
you know, it's just, it's a, it's a fun, unbelievable, just, you know, mental, physical toughness of, you know, who's going to give in, who's going to give everything they got to prove to themselves, to their unit, that they're going to do what it takes to sacrifice, you know, and uh, no doubt, you know, the guys know it's coming. It's a, it's a staple. Like I said, it's a staple of what we do, but uh, absolutely I predetermined those matchups. I mean, that's like, <laughs> it's like uh, setting the, the depth chart or the, the batting order, you know what I mean? Like, um, so there was definitely some, uh, some matchups that were, you know, set for, all right, let's see how this guy does against, you know, this guy, let's see how this veteran does against this freshman. Um, let's see how this guy who, you know, maybe he was late the other day does against this guy, eh, you know, stuff happens, but, uh, just really, I mean, it's just, it's a great start to, you know, get all the boys going. It's so hot. It's so sweaty. I mean, you don't even need to warm up after that because everybody's dancing around and going nuts. And uh, it was awesome. So one of the uh, cooler pictures, you know, you touched on the upperclassmen, but one of the cooler pictures I saw was, uh, you know, sauce with the, with the mic in his hand. Was that something that you knew was going to happen coming in or kind of when you saw that kind of what went through your mind, kind of the, uh, the upperclassmen and the leaders taking ownership of the team? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I got that microphone, you know, the DJ is like, Hey man, anytime you want to get after it, get after it. And I'm like, my voice is already loud. The guys can hear me. Um, you know, the, the microphone was more for the hype and the start and maybe the finish. Um, when we got to the actual, you know, event of squatting and all that stuff, I need my eyes on the guys, you know? And, uh, so, you know, I knew once a mod was good with his stuff, you know, I just kind of handed it to him cause I mean, let's face it. He's got an unbelievable personality. He's going to thrive in that role. Um, you know, I knew he was going to have fun with it. And ultimately, the guys feed off that, too. And, you know, I know the, the mic passed around a bunch, but no doubt Ahmad did a great job of, you know, emceeing it and uh, just allowed me to kind of really focus on the guys I was training at my racks. And then also just to kind of, you know, when my guys were done, witness the other guys uh, performing their final sets. And it was just it was really cool. I, I mean, you might have started a thing like MC Sauce, like something, you know, <laughs> post-football career. We'll see. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll say he's got a great football career. He can worry about what he's going <laughs> to after. Exactly. So my second favorite thing was watching the guys go just completely mercilessly and relentlessly at the punching bags that were covered in this year's opponents logos and and as of the uh, the opponents on the schedule this year so is that something that you try and incorporate in your like you know weekly as as the schedule progresses you're trying to do something where you're doing like bringing that focus in one of your activities that you're doing with workouts throughout the week or is that something as the season progresses you'll continue to do more of to just try and put that in their face yeah that, that's our ground and pound station as we like to call it and uh, again, there's no rhyme or reason to it, right? It's let out all the aggression, let out all the stress that you may have in anything on a back, right? You got, you got gloves on, you're good. Um, it's just more about just, I mean, give everything you got, like just go crazy, right? There's, like I said, there's going to be so many stresses that you have and things that are weighing on you, right? There's a bag, right? Yeah, we put all the teams that we play on it for selfish reasons and all that stuff. Let it all out, man. Just have fun. I mean, number one thing is you're going to have fun, but just also just let it out. And, uh, you know, that becomes a crazy wild station. But, you know, no doubt there's always things that we do purposefully um, with schedule set up. 
Um, you know, the guys know the schedule. It's posted everywhere in the locker room, in the weight room, um, team room, everywhere. So they know what's ahead of them. And, you know, obviously there's some things that we do here and there in the summer to kind of, you know, remind us of certain things, whether it's, you know, the first game of the year. I mean, this year we got Miami, you know, rivalry game, which, you know, the bell is going to stay in the nip like it always has been and always will be. Um, but, you know, in the past, we've always had some unique things where I don't think anybody knew this, but in 2018, before we went out to UCLA um, and played in the Rose Bowl against UCLA, before that, I went out on a family vacation with my wife's family, a little uh, family reunion vacation, and uh, we visited the Rose Bowl, and, you know, I got some grass from there, and I brought it back to Cincy because we were going to own that stadium, that turf. And uh, so, you know, there's just always some fun little things that we do. Um, but no doubt as we get, you know, closer to camp and no doubt in-season prep, you know, the in-season workouts, there's always something that we have that sets the tone to remind us of who we're playing and what's at stake. So, but it is, it's, it's, a, it's just really fun to see those guys really let loose at that station. Even better up top to watch from like that, that angle. I got some great footage from up there. The there, 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 there weren't Nothing. nearly enough thing. Like two years ago, there was a bunch of stuff around that they could jump off of. And, and where the station was this year, there wasn't a stuff, stuff, as much stuff around that they could do like uh, flying elbows off of. I, I was. <laughs> you mean when Des? You mean when Des Ritter jumped off the rack? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, you know, that was, you know, kind of purposely set up. Over there. <laughs> Maybe there's. And there's no craziness going on with, you know, your, your star quarterback and top, top leader. But, uh, you know, again, it's just the evolution of guys as they get older, but also just, you know, I always want to make things different. Like, excuse me. One of my biggest things that I always do is I move things around in the weight room. Right. So in the winter, the weight room set up this way, the racks are always going to be the same, but the machines, the way we have stuff laid out, it's always different. When you get to spring ball, we move it again. Um, when you get to the summer, move it again. When we get to July, which is, you know, kind of a little different transition for us as we prep to go to camp, we move the weight room around again. Well, why do we do that? One, it changes your psyche, right? It definitely changes us as coaches because I don't want everything to be the same. And two, it keeps the kids on their toes, right? Oh, maybe that machine used to be right there. Now it's over there. Oh, okay. Now we're going to warm up here, but we're going there. Like, Again, everything is just to keep their mind going, you know. So let's let's talk numbers, Brady. So who were the player some some players during the squat fest that you kind of were like, oh wow, I want to see what their final numbers were after this? And who well, were see, some players? Go ahead, Chad. I was gonna say if he was there, Brady, he would know it's not about the numbers. It's very true. Right. It's very true. Okay, sure enough. But <laughs> say say, you know. Maybe not numbers, but necessarily like, oh, he's really putting in the work on this or that. Who were some players that you kind of saw and were like, okay, wow, that was that was actually really impressive what I just saw right there? I mean, honestly, you know, you don't want to say it, but top to bottom, everybody. Because, again, when you come into the room and you see that environment and you feel it, you're, I mean, you're going to be on it. Like, it doesn't matter what the weight is. It doesn't matter what you did, you know, last week or the week before you're going to be at your all time best just because of the environment, just because of the energy, the boys, like, so, you know, top to bottom, I was impressed with just everything, but 
<clears throat> you know, I mean, guys that really stand out. And I know, um, I think you guys mentioned it in your other podcast, you know, like Maje Sanders. Maje squatted the best he's ever squatted with weight that he's never put on his back and did it so easy that I was like, hey, just 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 rack it because you're good. Like, whereas in the past, you know, you're like, hey, keep going. Like two more. Yeah, do it again. Do it again. And it's like, uh, we're good. Like, you're good. Just rack it. Like, it's it's not because I'm worried. It's just because like you're at that level. You're such a freak like that. You're good, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like we got a lot of stuff to worry about other things. But um, I mean, again, all the guys stand out. But really, I was more impressed with the freshmen. I mean, all of them, just because, you know, Me like too. I said, it, it was <laughs> it was their first lift with the older guys in a crazy environment. Um, nowhere to hide. Right. And they did, they did really, really well. And I think, you know, that's a, that's something that they can hang their hat on and use, you know, as motivation and as an elevation to continue to do the things as we get through this July and go to training camp to prove that, you know, yes, they belong, but ultimately that they're here to work and they're here to provide true value, you, you know, your hiccups are killing me. I know. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Um, while I was there, I saw that I wanted to say it was DeBlanco was saying that he made the uh, the wall uh, personal best. Uh, was there anybody who did make the wall or or had a personal best while they were there? I got a correct. I got a correction for you. It was not DeBlanco. It was Ryan Royer. Okay. Sh- shocker. The destroyer. The owner of the show. <laughs> Ryan Royer. Uh, yeah, no, he, he, uh, he squatted 535 for three or something like that. So his name's going up on the board. Um, Darren Beavers continues to excel and just, I mean, he, he crushed 600 pounds, like, like James Wiggins down up. And I was just like, you're good. That's good. Like, I mean, like you, he could have easily done five, six reps, but you know, Hey, we, we got a lot of stuff to, other than just how much you can squat to worry about. And uh, so he's definitely going up there. I mean, you know, there's a lot of young cats that really did a lot of big things, you know, like a Will Pauling, you know, that's, I mean, that's huge to see a, a true freshman that hasn't even played a down of college football yet do some of the things he did. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many, there really is. How about Jerome Ford doing nine reps at what five thirty-five or five fifty or whatever it was? And it's it's crazy because I remember uh, last winter, his first winter, and uh, he did something very similar. And everybody was kind of like doing the eyes, and they're like, "What the fuck?" You know, like. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, he's special." Um, you know, he's he's very very gifted, and uh, we're very blessed to have him. He's a great kid. He's been having a great summer. Um, I know he's really motivated and looking forward to, you know, taking ownership of that room and leading that room. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing that's really great about that running back room is there's so many good guys in that room. I mean, holy cow. Um, you know, whether it is Chuck or Monty or uh, Ethan Wright, who's an absolute dog. I mean, even Cope. Cope is a special teams warrior, does everything he can to, you know, provide more value. And then you add someone like a Miles Montgomery and it's like, oh boy. Okay. All right, here we go. So um, really love that running back room. Kind of, kind of same mold. Trey Tucker is, is it for, for certain people is a little different where 
you know, it, those those compact, just real strong guys might be able to to do the more reps at, at a certain weight than you know those those big burly linebackers, tight ends, linemen. Is is it something that you kind of can see throughout the different body types? Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, you know, I I love Trey Tucker to death. Um, he's an ultimate competitor. Uh, he trains his ass off every single day. Um, you know, again, he's He's a very gifted human being. Yes, he is fast as shit. But what's really impressive is just everything else that he does, the way he warms up, the way he uh, motivates, the way he leads, the way he attacks workouts, the way he attacks anything. And, you know, he's kind of taken his game and approach to the next level, I think. And my staff thinks for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, again, he's very, very gifted to see him do, you know, 500 pounds like he did or whatever, you know, easy for three. And I was like, Hey, you're good racket. Like, I mean, you know, that's not holding kids back. That's just like, I mean, you just smoked the most weight you've ever done. Like you're good, man. Like, again, you, you got a, you got a lot of things ahead of you here. So, um, but if I could revert back, I will revert back. One guy that really impressed me the most would probably be Lenny Taylor because, you know, and again, I can still remember it clear as day. It's like Lenny's third week here on campus. And, you know, I got the, all the freshman group up and I'm bringing them up. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, what did you do on your last set of bench? And uh, someone's like, you know, 225, eight times. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, what did you do? They're like 260, four times. I'm like, yes. I'm like, and then Lenny raises his hand. I'm like, what'd you do, Lenny? He's like, 175, five times. And I was like, fuck yeah, Lenny. You know, like, <laughs> like hell yeah. And again, because, you know, I said it at Squat Fest and, you know, hopefully everybody knows it. like the weight doesn't matter. It doesn't like, like I said, do we as strength coaches love seeing heavy squats and benches and deadlifts and all that stuff? Of course we do, but I'm twisted. And so is my staff at the same time. We love seeing that functional strength. And when a really great football player is really strong and they do the things that they're supposed to do to put themselves in a level in a position to succeed. But you know, going back to Lenny, you just look at how he came in, you know, what he came from, um, never training in his life. And then ultimately to where he is now doing the things that he's doing. I mean, he, he I said it in the winter this past winter, he's been bit by the iron bug. Like you almost have to kick Lenny out of the weight room. Like he's in there extra 15 minutes, him and Josh Wiley are always doing extra stuff. And then, you know, what's really cool is recently well, what's happening well, there's Lenny and Josh, you know, over there after the workout doing some extra stuff. Well, who's over there with them? Mateo, Peyton Singletary. And that's that's what you want. That's the evolution of the program. That's what sets the standard. Um, that's what makes, you know, our tight end unit so strong, such a, um, a staple of what we've done and what we've been able to do these past few years, whether it was Josiah DeGuara, Bruno LaBelle, now these young cats. I mean, just special. Tight end you. Tight end you, baby. So with this having been my first squat fest, do you always have the same stations? As I mean, Chad mentioned that you had some launching pads <laughs> a couple of years back for uh, for the guys to jump off of for the uh, the ground and pound stuff. But do you usually have the same stations or were there some ideas that maybe didn't make the cutting board? <laughs> There's always ideas that definitely get crossed off the cutting board. Um Again, you know, I try to make it different every single time. And it has been different every single time. 
Um, cause you don't want it to be the same. I, I never want the kids to come in and know exactly what they're doing. Some days you, you do, you know what I mean? But like a big event like that, you know, you're going to squat. I mean, obviously it's called squat test, but then what comes after that, that's the fun part. The way that week worked out for us and the unique thing that we, you know, were able to do and just, um, the timeline of everything is that squat fest turned into, yeah, your max squat. And then you're going to do some lower body stuff and some upper body stuff because it's a total body day. And that's just kind of how we plan the week out. Um, so it's, it's never the same. It's, uh, I always try to throw a wrench in there, but there's always going to be staples, you know, I mean, ground and pound is always going to be in that. Why? Cause it's unbelievable. It's, it's a crazy, um, you know, energetic juiced up station where guys are just going to war pretty much on bags. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's always going to be, you know, uh, another lower body component to it. Yes. You squatted the leg press is always going to be in there. That's a huge staple of what we do. Um, but, uh, it was fun. We had some new twists in there this year. So before we move on to the mailbag portion for you, I, I got to ask, there was one other event the week of squat fest you kind of teased it a little bit on Twitter and, and, and on the BBP. It was, you know, if you build it, he will come type ordeal. Right. right. So that, uh, that, that softball, baseball, kickball twist, just fill me in. How did, how did that go? And, and tell me, were there more players that, that exceeded your expectations with their talents with, with a bat in hand, or were there more players who thought they were a little bit better than they showed when they stepped up to the plate. <laughs> well, it all, it all stemmed. It was one day I was walking out to uh, the practice field for, um, to warm up a group, you know, for a run before we lifted and I'm walking out there and I'm walking past the baseball field and there's some high school teams out there playing. I just hear the crack of the bat and it's like, you know, a beautiful morning. And my head was just like, man, you know, it'd be really fun. It's just to see our guys play some ball, some baseball. And uh, so it just kind of stuck in my head. And then, you know, as things kind of kept evolutionizing, um, you know, we've always predetermined, all right, offense, you're going to be at this time. Defense, you're going to be at this time for squat fest. And then I was like, you know what? No, everything we do in this program is competitive. Like there's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser. So, you know, the opportunity presented itself that that week, you know, we, we scheduled to reserve the baseball diamond the actual UC baseball diamond for us to use. And we were going to set it up, you know, have a little game in my head. I'm like, yeah, let's get gloves. Let's get softballs, real bats, all that stuff. <laughs> and then as I started thinking even more, I'm like, all right, let's see. Uh, some guys could get hurt. Maybe, you know, if they can't catch a ball or something or whatever, um, it might take a long time because who knows how many guys have really truly played baseball. But um, you know, then it just kind of turned into, all right, you know, we got this beautiful stadium, brand new turf. Let's mix it up. Let's get these guys out here. They think they're coming in for a lift. And then we go outside, um, you know, play a little game. We set up an unbelievable sandlot, um, you know, with a wall. We even had a black monster left field wall. Okay. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, as we kept thinking about it with my staff, I'm like, all right, you know, let's, let's make it more fun. Like, we can't use softballs or even like, you know, even foam balls. I'm like, let's make it like a dodgeball, but we'll use wood bats 
And you know what? You could catch it or you could throw it at the person. And if it hits them, they're out. Or you could throw it to the guy. And it's if they catch it, they're out. Um, but it, it really it just turned out to be really, really fun. Um, again, one of those things where, you know, you get back to the kids. They come in. They think they're going to have a workout. And then all of a sudden you go out, you have fun, team bonding, all that kind of stuff. Was there guys that surprised me? Absolutely. Was there guys that really, you know, kind of surprised me in the wrong way? Absolutely. But you know what? Like I said, I'm happy that our guys are really good on the gridiron as opposed to the ball diamond. And ultimately, you're trying to hit a uh, dodgeball with a wood bat, which, you know, if you get the right connection, no doubt it's going to go. But, you know, we had some crazy pitchers that were trying to, you know, maybe prove, prove a little something extra, which wasn't needed. But uh, it was fun. It was awesome. And you guys look look good in, in full uniform. I'd, I'd say you look great. filled it out pretty doggone well. Absolutely. You know, I, again, I was a high school baseball player, okay. um, you know, so, you know, I, I, need, I knew how to dress the part. And, right. uh, you know, huge shout out to um, Coach, Coach Googs and yeah. uh, Nagy and all those, the, those guys to help us out. But, uh, you know, I said, hey, man, if we're going to do this, we got to look the part. Did and, they, uh, I wanted did my, they just – did they just have a seven X? Yeah, like hanging, hanging up in the closet. So it's funny because you know I reach out to them, and we're talking with them, and then they're like, "Yeah, just you know, send us all your sizes and you know uniform number preference." You know, and I was like, "All right, well, yeah." I mean, my number was five, so give me five. And they're like, "Well, five's a large." I'm like, "That's fine." Um, my one assistant's like nineteen. They're like, "19's an XL." I'm like, "Ooh, that could be a little snug, but you know what? That's fine." Thirty-three. Uh, excel but it's you know that'll be all right 21 all right we're good and then big boy higgins you know his number at michigan state was 67 probably not going to get that in baseball but he's also a 3x so you know luckily they had a 3x jersey for him it didn't happen to have a number on the back but you know what he looked damn good and he did a great job and his team as a whole he won most of the, the games um as a manager so he did a great job. You know, you know who wore who wears that three X is the is the mascot. The Bearcat wears that during the games, probably. I would imagine he might he might. Which the Bearcat was at Squaw Fest, which you would have known, Brent, if you were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will go on record as saying uh, I have broken my collarbone playing kickball at a work outing. So I'm glad uh, nothing nothing crazy like that happened with your little outing. Uh, but I, <laughs> I did want to know um, what was it like being on the turf for the first time, really? And uh, were you guys out there? Like, did you have the mindset that you're kind of trying to break it in as much as you can before you know that first kickoff of the season? Yeah. So we, um, I think it was the week prior to that we got we got our first chance to go out and break in that new turf. And uh, you know, once we got the okay, yeah, we we got to like we got to go break in that turf. We got to get our guys. Um, running on it, feeling it, all that stuff. You got to get some weather, some rain to kind of help soften it down. But, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was unbelievable. Like when I, when I first went out there the day before we did our first run out there, I was like, wow, this feels unbelievable. And uh, so we were able to do, you know, a couple team runs out there and, you know, uh, lift group runs and stuff like that. And then, you know, the following week, I was like, we got to keep breaking this turf in even more. So when, you know, we had the baseball field set up on like a Wednesday, 
Well, the way, the weather and the rain looked like it was coming hard on Wednesday. So that's when we as a staff were like, all right, let's switch it up. We'll, we'll, we'll turn it to Tuesday. And instead of going to the baseball field, we'll just go to NIP. So another, yeah, it definitely gave us another chance to kind of break that turf in even more. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie. They, they did a great job putting that turf in. It feels great. It looks unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we were on it this morning. Our guys love it. They love it. That's great. So, uh, Brady, it, we've got to dive into the mailbag. It was yet again yeah. a mailbag enriched and, and full of uh, beautiful questions for you. Love and that. of course, some for uh, for us and especially Chad to really dwell pretty hard on later on in the pod. So, Aaron, without further ado, go ahead and give Brady his uh, his first taste of the mailbag this week. So, you know that everybody likes to ask you about workouts for obvious reasons. Uh, but UC Merck 17 starts off with uh, what workout does Brady feel is the most rewarding example? I don't know if Brady was the one to implement this, but there was a study released that our concussion rate is down and they attribute it to the one light machine that they have the student athletes do that helps with their reflexes. Is there anything similar like that for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, no, that is, that is huge. I mean, again, we're very blessed and fortunate to have an unbelievable sports med staff and sports science program that we use in conjunction with the weight room and sports med, especially when we go to training camp, um, especially, you know, right now in the summer and in season that we do, that's, you know, a lot of the uh, hand-eye coordination stuff and cognitive thinking and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I learned at a young age as a young strength coach, the number one way to prevent concussions is to have a strong neck. And, you know, that's why we train the neck every single day. And a lot of people could be like, well, how, how can you do that? Well, we have neck machines. You can also do manual neck. You could do band resistant neck. You could do ISO holds, any, you know, upper back and, um, you know, rhomboids, all that kind of work. That's all muscles that support the traps in the neck. Um, Cause we, again, I, every time I speak to high school uh, strength coaches, I tell them if you're not training the neck, you're setting your kids up for, for failure because there's over 30 muscles in the neck alone. So you want to worry about your chest and your biceps and all that stuff. That's great. You can look like Tarzan, but you're going to get deflated and you're going to play like Jane. Play like Jane. Jane. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that's a huge testament to just everything that we do. Um, you know, a lot of times I like to say that, you know, I can kind of get a little crazy with just, whether it's a warm up or what we do or how we train the neck every single day, but that's only because we care so much and that I want to make sure I'm crossing every T and dotting every I. And so does our sports med staff. Um, so we do everything that we can to put our kids in a position to go play the game again, football, most violent physical game there is, um, you know, well, how do you reduce the likelihood of concussion? One, you got a strong neck Two, you're very hydrated. A lot of research has shown that uh, 75% of concussions come when people are in a dehydrated state. Well, that's why we as a strength staff and uh, sports medicine staff physically hydrate or test our guys urine every single day for practice so that we know they're going out there in a hydrated state, as opposed to just rolling the dice and saying, Oh, I saw him drink two Gatorades. He's good. Um, you know, we like to get that physiological and, you know, legit number. But, uh, you know, again, that's, that's just a huge testament to all of the people that work with our guys and uh, making sure we do everything we can to put our guys in a position to succeed. Do you so guys that, have a – go ahead, Aaron. 
I was just going to say, so would you say then to answer that question that the most rewarding thing for you or most rewarding exercise was the next stuff or? I mean, yes, I would say that just because, you know, it's just kind of how I was raised and groomed as a young strength coach. Um, it's so vital. I mean, it's, it's vital for even just the everyday normal Joe. I mean, it helps with balance, um, stability, functional strength, obviously all of those types of things. And, uh, you know, again, it's like I said, there's over 30 muscles in the neck. So when you don't train your neck, that's a lot of muscles you're leaving untapped as opposed to just worrying about your pecs and your biceps and your quads. Um, but, uh, you know, again, for, for the basic average Joe, that's, you know, just trying to get a great workout in. I mean, obviously, yes, train your neck, but, you know, push, pull, shrug and, and hinge, which is a squat. It's a leg press. It's, you know, some type of bending and lower body, you know, hip hingement movement, you're going to be okay. Go ahead, Brent. Lucky for me, my neck is fine because my head is gigantic. So it gets a workout every day. <laughs> Just Hard. carrying around this stupidly large melon. That's a good thing. Big melon, big brain, right? There you go. Little, little compliment for Chattio there. That's what I always uh, say. Exactly. But you can't so, have you can't have a big brain and a small head. It's not how it works. But Brady, I I have to ask. Back in the day, in high school, we had those those charts where it says, "How did your pee look?" Do you guys have <laughs> some of those all around? Or I think I saw some other some other colleges have them throughout their weight rooms. I always thought it was the uh, the funniest thing to just compare and contrast. And mine was always just so clear. But if you didn't want to practice for the day. Just, you know, in between practices for two days, just don't drink any water. And they'll say, well, your pee does not look good. No exactly. Yeah, no, we, we definitely, we had those, uh, you know, probably our first two years here um, just to kind of implement our system and, you know, getting our guys to understand how important hydration is, not only to just how you perform, but just everyday function. I mean, yes, hydration is so crucial to game day and practice, but it's also for everyday, you know, functionality and, health and all that stuff so um we don't have anything posted now because again selfishly we have we have unbelievable guys and they're so competitive that you know what is what is our urine testing turned into competitive you know like all right the running backs have the lowest hydrated numbers so they're they they win the day they get um this special meal or they get to eat first or they get you know ice cold frosty Gatorades or special smoothies, you know, and the, uh, the D line was, you know, they had a couple guys that were really great and a couple guys that were okay, but you know, there's never going to be a guy that's not in the zone that we want them because we're not going to let them go out there, but you know, there's always going to be a winner. There's always going to be a loser and our guys thrive off that. And, uh, so luckily, no, we don't have any charts up anymore, but, uh, it was definitely something we implemented in the early years. You know who whose pee is going to be crystal clear are the workout warriors on the team. Who who are some of the guys? This is another BBP question. Who are some of the guys that you sometimes maybe need to just pull aside and say, "Hey, I you know I love your enthusiasm, but let's uh let's let's calm it down just a just a wee bit, or you just let them unleash." I'm not gonna lie to you. We never do that with anybody um, because again, that's their time. That's you know, if, if you're feeling it one day and, you know, I'm saying, hey, get get five reps of this. You want to get six? You want to get seven? You want to get eight? You want to go to failure? That's fine. That's what our whole program's built on. 
because anybody can just get five reps and feel good about it. How about you challenge your mind and your body to push yourself to a place you've never been. So, you know, I'm never going to hold the reins on someone. There might be times where it's, you know, premeditated that, you know, Hey, on this exercise, you're going to do this. Or, you know, when we get to this, instead of doing heavy, you're going to do this. And that's just the evolution of guys and how they um, grow and how they, you know, perform and the level that they're at, whether they're older or, you know, might be modified in some areas, but, you know, I'm, I'm never going to pull the reins on somebody to tell them, Hey, you, you should slow down because you know what? The weight room, it's, it's one, it's never going to lie to you. And it's two, it's all, it's always going to play to favorites, you know, just like life does. What's the weight room going to do? It's going to reward the ones that go as hard as they can. It's going to reward the ones that yes, push heavy weight or get as many reps as they can. It's going to reward the ones that show up on time early, do everything they can to maximize themselves. Well, that's funny. That's just what life does. So, um, you know, we're very fortunate. We have a boatload of workout warriors as, as to say from the mailbag question. Um, but as a staff and as a program, we're never going to hold anybody back from trying to push themselves and each other to be the best they can be. So the question here is who runs the faster 40 time Des or Evan, but I kind of want to take it a step further. Is there anything right now that Evan's doing in the weight room? Um, that's eclipsing Des. There's nothing that he's doing that's eclipsing Des. Um, Des is faster and a, and a true 40. But what I will say is the best thing for Evan has been Des. And I think that's a huge testament to Des. Des didn't have anybody like that to kind of lead the way, to kind of show, hey, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you lead. This is how... You practice is how you work, warm up, work out, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Evan is just kind of falling right into that mode of a younger Des. And what's really cool is, you know, we'll get to see the evolution of Evan throughout this season and the end of the next few years of how he takes everything he's learned from such an unbelievable young man as Desmond Ritter and then turns it into his own. And how does he make, you know, his name? How does he make his notch in the program and his legacy um but you know no doubt those guys compete every single day against each other they push one another and like i said you know the best thing for evan it's des ritter awesome so you you didn't mention it is is evan kind of on that same trajectory as far as the numbers and and weight and different things of that sort that des was at at this point in his career he is actually it's kind of it's kind of scary like i always um you know at, at the end of every you know big testing or just stuff like that i kind of always revert back kind of compare and evan's been a guy that i've always just kind of been comparing to des as des was coming up and uh you know they're very very similar and it's kind of scary like i said but at the same time you know a guy like evan could have more potential maybe just with certain things, you know, not so much about what he squats, what he benches. Nobody cares what anybody benches, let alone a quarterback. But just, you know, the biggest thing that I think Evan can take from Dez is the leadership intangibles, the way Dez commands the weight room, the way Dez commands a locker room, the way Dez commands the offense, the way Dez commands anything. Um, you know, that's so vital and so huge for a guy like Evan Prater. 
um, as he, like I said, as he, you know, makes his stamp on this program going forward, but it is, it's, it's eerily similar. Um, but I would give a notch to Des, but, uh, Evan's right there, man. He's clipping on his heels. Des was, uh, Des was out in California with Jordan Palmer last week. Wasn't he? Did you get any feedback on that? Have you heard anything? Yeah, I did. Uh, I talked to him today about it. You know, he said it was an unbelievable time. Um, you know, the first time he went out there and they did all the body scans and measurements and all that stuff and, you know, kind of gave him his baseline evaluation and stuff. And then when they did it, you know, just this past week, he improved in every single category. So, you know, for me, I was like, man, that's awesome. Like, you know, cause we've been doing some different things with him and the quarterbacks. And then selfishly, what we've done is taken a lot of those things and, you know, done some of those things with the team a lot of it's just warm up and you know core activation stuff but um it was i think it was really a really good thing for des to see that he has been improving and um you know i think any any chance for him to get more exposure and all that stuff is great and i know he's got more stuff coming up here soon that's you know only going to bring more limelight to him and to the entire program but um it sounds like from everything that i heard that it was a very successful uh, trip and uh, he had a great time. So you talked about transformations. Uh, what is it like to actually transform a player like a Cam Jones from quarterback to tight end and then to the line? Well, I mean, Cam Jones is kind of one of those outliers because you always kind of knew you're like, all right, this guy's going to be an alignment. Like he's massive to be. And uh, you just looked at his frame. I mean, he was so big. He came in at like, 265 and you're just like man you're gonna you're probably gonna transition to the hand in the dirt but naturally it happened the right way you know um but it is it's it's so rewarding because again these kids put in so much hard work and effort and uh you know that's why we love you know taking their pictures and letting them know daily weekly um on how well they're doing and how well their body's looking and all that stuff because what does that do it only gives you more confidence the more confident you are in your body and the way you're moving and the weight that you're uh, pushing around and squatting and all that stuff. Well, no doubt. I mean, I've always said the number one way to get faster is to get stronger. It's not rocket science. So all of a sudden now you're bigger, you're faster, you're stronger. What's that going to do? It's going to make you a more confident football player. It's going to make you more confident in the skills that you're doing on the field. So it's going to put yourself in a better position to succeed and to make a name for yourself and to provide value to the team. You know, speaking of confidence, I, I think that there's no athlete out there, and yes, I am going to use the word athlete, who has the amount of confidence that one Joey Chestnut does. What that man is able to do with a hot dog and numerous hot dogs at that is, is something uncomprehensible. So the BBP mailbag question is this, Brady. No one on the team will probably be able to eat 76 hot dogs in the allotted time that Joey Chestnut is able to, but – if there was a hot dog eating contest, what player on the team are you picking as the favorite for the win? Man, that's tough. Um, whew, we'll go with big, bad Joey Grober. Okay. Okay. Go with Joey Grober. And, and, and who's kind of a surprise that you've seen just house some food that, that, maybe the listeners might not expect that that could be there in the running with big Joey Grover. Uh, Winners, the, the best, the best eaters are normally the skinny guys. It's not the big guys. 
We'll say we'll say the rake, Mason Fletcher. Okay. Wow. Hmm. I could All see right. it. I could see it. And and the thing about Joey Chestnut is yes, he performs well in the hot dog eating contest, but I have seen the man in person beat anyone in a beer chugging contest. It is it is simply phenomenal. So for this next question, kind of runs into line with what we are probably a little better at slamming hot dogs and, and then beers afterwards. But guys, the question is this who out of the four of us are you taking as a favorite? in a hot dog eating contest. I'm not taking meat. <laughs> I like I eat good I eat good food but I I don't ha- like I don't eat a high volume of right. food. Right. Right. Like so yeah. like when I do pizza like if I do 3 slices I'm like I'm stuffed 99% of the time. Okay. Now, like a Donato's pizza, I can eat like half a large pretty easily because right. it's Donato's, and right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just you're basically just eating pepperoni on crackers, which I you know I, I love it, but it doesn't really count. Right. Um, I'm not much of a volume eater. Okay. Okay. Same. Yeah. Same for me. I'm sorry. Sorry to let people down, but I'm probably taking Aaron here. I bet you could house some food. I I don't know that I can house food either. Like. I mean, I'm thinking like I don't know five or six. If we, I mean, if we're competitively doing it, I'm gonna be sick. I'm a I'm gonna try, but I'm thinking like five, six, eight, and I'm like puking. Like, see you I later. Don't, I don't think eight you could do. I I could see maybe five or like in ten minutes. It's the buns, the buns that get you. Yeah, yeah. That's why they dump them in water so that they're not as or thick. or lemonade. So, so I don't love hot dogs. That that puts me at a uh, distinct disadvantage. I get a I get a chili cheese sandwich instead of a cheese cone when I go. Of course to you do. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not an alligator guy. You look like an alligator guy. Alligator guy. You don't know what alligators are? Fill me in. They take out the bun and they put in a pickle, or they take out the dog and they put in a pickle. Oh no! Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I'm good on that. But but this if this is a contest. <laughs> I have been known to, to, to take, take on some food challenges and, and complete quite a few. So I don't know. I might have to have to close my eyes and slam some hot dogs down. Well, another competition question for you, Brady, who do you think would win in a wrestling match? Ooh. Coach Fick or Anthony Schlegel? Uh, Fick. Just no questions yeah. asked. No, yeah. No, no. There's no need. If it involves wrestling, the answer is Fick. Okay. Yeah. Coach, Coach Fick versus Brady Collins and Anthony Schlegel. Which Vic? <laughs> I love that answer. Love that. I wouldn't bet against him. I, I, know, I was about to say. I was like, well, no. we'll uh, we'll put that as the title if if Brady would have said himself. And... <laughs> never, uh, never, never. The last question we have for you here is: uh, How do you and the strength team? and coaches determine the ideal weight in which a player should be at in order to maximize their productivity? Are there certain key body measurements that you look at genetics? We already know some of that. Um, but is there modeling based on body type size or do they just continue to push and mold as long as the other key performance metrics continue to improve like speed and strength? It's a very well worded question right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, again, you look at the genetic and physiological structure of each individual and, and, you know, we're, we're never going to individualize this person 
to what we do. It's what we do. And then how can we maximize who that person is through what we do? And if we got to make changes and modifications along the way, we will. And a lot of that happens as they get older, because, you know, just like the squad fest, let's face it. If I'm, you know, Ahmad Gardner and Kobe Bryant, Des Ritter, you've always, you've already done, you know, the best you've ever done and, you know, hit great numbers and all that stuff. All right, let's do this instead of that. Just because, like I said, there's a lot of other things that we got to worry about and prep you for. Whereas, you know, strength is never going to lie to you. You know, I mean, you can get stronger in so many different categories, whether it is bench, squat, deadlift. I mean, we track everything, the neck. So um, it is. So it's just kind of a, a fine thing that we do with, you know, working with them as their body grows, as they adapt to the training, as their physiological structure grows and they adapt to their training age and all that stuff. And they get to a certain level where they don't need to be doing maybe this many sets and reps of this exercise as some others need to do. Um, It's kind of like that mad scientist formula that I always like to talk about. Brady, my money's on you in the hot dog eating contest, by the way. Probably because I'm so competitive, I'll force it. Right. But I, I, I'm just like Chad. I'm not a I'm not a volume eater. Right. Right. I'm but not. I think so. I think we get to the table. You you look left and you look right. Not, I'm going to make sure I'm right next to you to kind of. Oh, I'm going to have some. I'm going to have some you a little bit. Playing. Yeah. I have the jams playing. I'm going to have you know. I'll be I'll be in the zone for sure, and I I won't go down without a fight. But yeah, volume eating, whew, not for me. <laughs> we'll have to do it someday. Who knows. Who knows? We'll see. Well, anything else for Brady? We'll guys? see. We'll yeah. see if you show up for it. <laughs> Man, these shots are fired right into my heart, and you know what? I am all for it. I'm all for it. I he's using it. a he's shot. using a a blow dart. I know. And just like <laughs> bang, bang. Got a dart in your neck. I love I love you, dude. But you're crazy, man. <laughs> Golly. All right. Well, anything else for for, for good old Brady? We, we, you avoided talking about Rob Jackson. Yeah, you did. Which one oh, of us? Oh, oh, Brady. Brady did. I did? Yeah. How did I avoid it? Because Brent, in the beginning, asked you specifically to try to get you to talk about Rob Jackson, and you, you wouldn't specifically talk about. Let, let's talk about three of them. Okay. Rob Jackson. Yep. Jack Dingle. Isaiah Cox. Different. Different. Like they are. I've been watching dudes come into this program for 16 years. Those three dudes, and there's there's others. It's not just those three, but those three really stood out as things have changed around here. Yeah, I mean, you know, just top to bottom as a whole, the entire freshman class that just came in. Yes, the size of them stands out. And then just, you know, the quality of guys that they are. And again, huge testament to our staff because, you know, it was a, it was a very unique year last year with the COVID and not having guys come on visits and all that stuff. So what we pride our entire program on is building true relationships. We were able to do that with those guys to get them to come here, to buy in, to love what it is that we're all about. Now they're here. And oh boy, are we blessed that they're here because you got some unbelievable looking guys that, you know, we, we, not seen before, you know, again, my, yeah, Maje came in six, four, two Oh eight. And, 
yes, film looked good and all that stuff, but he didn't come in at 6'5", 275 pounds like Rob Jackson. And then all of a sudden now he's 285 pounds and starting to look lean and big and cut and getting strong and moves really well. Um, you know, a guy like Isaiah Cox that comes in and yeah, like, you know, I said earlier, I told him, you know, you better follow everywhere Brian Cook goes. Well, why? Because he's the dog. And then ultimately you kind of look like him, just a younger version of him. You're long, you're lengthy, you're athletic, you're fast. You got some twitch to you. So here's a good idea. You're going to do everything we tell you to do. It's going to work. Just trust us, but follow him because he's going to really set the tone and the standard of what it is that we do. Um, and then Dingle. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure his older brother would say, man, I wish I had his size, but you okay. know what? Dingle's a dog in his own self. And then younger Dingle. Oh boy. Sky's the limit for him. I mean, you know, he's going to have a guy that comes he, in. He's going to have a good time in college. Uh, yes, 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 he will. He'll have a great time. Um, but, you know, what, what's great for him right now? He, he's, he's working out with Darian Beavers. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good little guy to mold yourself around. Well, why is that? Well, body types are very similar. Uh, move just as well, very athletic, strong, all that stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, it is, man. When we, when we think about our freshman class, we really, we really kind of do one of these. And, you know, again, we, we don't do anything that we, we do down in the weight room if it wasn't for the coaches that bring in those kids and the types of recruits and the right ones that are right for our program. Um, you know, that's, that's what makes everything really click for us. You know, every, every other Monday I wake up in the morning and I do one of these <laughs> myself because I know Brady Collins is going to be on the BVP later that night. So, you know what? We are blessed to have such a such a man of yourself on every other week, guys. Any anything else for the legend? No, I'm good. All the way good. <laughs> we got to talk to him at Squat Fest, so yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, another wow. shot. Another shot. I'm sure, you enjoyed some some Chick Fil A breakfast or something with him, didn't you? <laughs> and a smoothie. And a nice smoothie. Yeah, yeah. Some Smoothie King smoothies too, didn't you? Ah, yep. I was there we vicariously did. through you all. No worries. <laughs> No worries. But of course, as always, Brady, thank you so much for coming on. Your your insight is, is next level and uh, incomparable to anything else. So thanks again. And uh, Brady, go enjoy the home run derby because uh, your, your baseball pass, we all know you love the uh, the big bombers. So <laughs> Pete, Alonso just hit, Pete Alonso just hit 35 homers in three and a half minutes. Did he? What? Yeah. Yeah. Holy did, cow. Did oh, Otaku yet? Not yet. He hasn't gone yet. He's gonna be I think the highest, the, the highest before Alonzo was like 24, 25, and he went 35. The polar bear, man. Oh, baby. A little wow. cold right here. A little cold. But, of course, thanks, Brady. Appreciate, uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to it next time. Always. Thank you. All right, boys. See you, brother. Brady Collins, of course, the man, the myth. We've got gotcha. Gotta love that guy. You know, some sometime someday maybe I'll be on campus and be able to meet him and, and have a long talk with him on campus and stuff. So I got to dap up and hug him. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's my wish. One day. Just one day. But uh before we move on from football, Aaron, I did want to talk, of course, to uh two commitments since we were last here on air on the BBP. Yeah. And of course a uh another commit, which I, I mean, Chad, I gotta ask you, when's the last time that a situation like what Tyrus Washington had where 
you're going into his commitment time and literally no one knows. I, I mean, I, since I've been here covering things for, for Bearcat Journal, I think that's the first time I've ever seen a player set a commitment date and then is truly just watched the video and surprise, surprise at the end. I, I can't remember the last time anyone really did that. It doesn't happen often. Um, generally because there's just, there, there's no such thing as secrets for one. Right. And this isn't a shot at, at tires by any stretch, but most kids inform the staff that they're going to, and the staffs that they picked against that, you know, what their decision is long before the announcement is ever made public. Tyrus just chose, you know, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. It's going to be a guess. Um, there was I like it. There was a crystal ball for in all fairness. It was, it was from forever ago, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. It was from a while back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was only a six, I think. So, so Nostradamus. We also, we, well, we also had a day a couple months back where they encouraged everybody to go in and like make crystal ball predictions for the future. Okay. So that easily could, I didn't see the date, but that easily could have been a result of that or information as you're finding out now, Aaron. Um, over the past couple months, information and recruiting changes daily. Yeah. And, and in a rapid fashion, uh, kudos to him for keeping it secret. It's really hard to do in this day and age. Like it is really hard to do. So hats off to him for keeping it a secret. It unfortunately didn't go the Bearcats way. Uh, but yeah, you, you don't see it. You don't see it very often where, uh, everybody is in the dark until the video hits on social media. It's not normal. No, not at all. But two guys that that did make it apparent and and, and greatly will be joining the Cincinnati Bearcats will be Caitlin Carroll and Patrick Bodie. Or is it body? Body. Which one? Which one have we decided on? Body. 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 Catch a body. Okay. So, Aaron, you were able to sit down with both of them, obviously adding some more just dynamic pieces to the defensive backfield. Yeah. Man, this is uh, is yet again – Perry Eliano, Colin Hitchler, the Black Cats, just dominating really and, and seemingly pointing out who they want and going and getting the job done. What kind of were you able to bring out of the, those two commitments and kind of just the additions of what Carol and Body will bring? Well, with Carol, I mean, he's built more for the slot, like the, the nickelback, if you will. Um, and, you know, he's being brought in as a defensive back. They're not really sure – um, necessarily that he's definitely one place, one spot. That's it. I think they kind of like to look at him as a potentially an interchangeable part, which isn't a bad thing to have, especially when you have this many defensive backs coming in, in one class. Um, and then and the last class and, and the class before right, that, I mean, I, well, I think right and now the we class have before that there's, there's 24 on, on the roster currently. Um, so, you know, and that's then kind of my point. It's, it's just, there's a lot of guys in that room for sure. Um, but he's a good kid. It was, it's the third time I've been able to catch up with him between his uh, his commitment, his official visit, and then just when he was being recruited in general, I was able to catch up with him. And I think with him, it was always Cincinnati. Um, he was just kind of – I think I mean, some kids just want to feel the love. And even if it was always Cincinnati, he just wants to know, like, other programs did want him. And I, I think that was uh, the only thing that was really holding him back uh, from – you know, just kind of what I got from talking with him. Uh, as far as Patrick Body goes, it's kind of the same thing in that regard, um, you know, with him being from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I, I think 
he camped at Penn State. Maybe he was always hoping for Penn State to offer. I don't really know. Um, but, you know, he mentioned it in the article that, you know, one of the things that kind of caught him as far as getting his commitment in now was just time. And, uh, you know, he didn't want to have an opportunity like a Cincinnati to where he missed the boat because he was wanting to wait until the end of his senior season to make a decision. So uh, he's excited. All these kids are excited to be here. Um, I think you saw like how excited his family was. If you watched the uh, the Instagram live video where he made his announcement and had the, the hats on the table and was taking his talents to Cincinnati. But, you know, that's just again, it's, it's really a testament to how far this pipeline is actually reaching at this point. You know, we're not just getting the local kids, but we are getting local kids. We're not just getting, you know, Florida and Georgia and Southern kids. We're also getting Pennsylvania and Michigan and Indiana. And so it's it's very interesting to see, again, just how deep this pipeline is starting to run and just how much we're fanning out outside of this you know, Cincinnati area. A lot of that credit, though, goes to the staff because I think they've, you know, like Hitchler has done a great job building relationships in Pennsylvania right. and Brian Mason in Indiana and, you know, Perry Eliano in the South Gino. and Gino Gadulli in the South and, mm-hmm. and up in Michigan from his time at Central Michigan. And the, those relationships that, that are being built by the staff, and that's not, you know, uh, Coach Denbrock up in Chicago and, and obviously – uh, Coach Trussell is going to have ties in Michigan uh, from his time at Michigan State. And, you know, you're just seeing a collective staff effort to take advantage of the fact that the brand is growing. And they're not there even are only, more kids. Go I was just going to say, they're, all, they're not even just recruiting their own, like their own position group. They're also recruiting other positions, just building. Well, yeah, that's, that's having a region. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, but they turn it over. Like, it, you know, if, if Hitchler is recruiting, let's say a wide receiver from the Pennsylvania area, he's going to lead the charge until they get the, you know, until they know that the kids legitimately interest and interested. And then he's going to bring in Mike Brown, you know, and tight ends, they'll bring in Denbrock and, you know, it, it's, they do a really good job tag teaming and, and making it a team effort in recruiting. Um, but a lot of this that we're seeing now does come down to, you know, like I said, Hitchler is really, really connected in Pennsylvania. And he's doing a great job recruiting the state and they are taking advantage of doors opening because they're a top 10 team in the country and they're building towards a top 10 program in the country. More kids are willing to listen. The only way you find out who those kids are is if you have coaching staffs that are connected, like this coaching staff is connected, not just in Ohio, but in a lot of surrounding areas as well. Well, that was something that Quincy Burroughs talked about too. When I caught up with him was just that he and Gino had been friends since he was a freshman, like an eighth grader going into his freshman year. And uh, they maintained that relationship. And that was, you know, again, he got passed off when the time came, but you know, it was just, you know, just attributing to the connections that these guys are making with people that are outside their position group as they go regionally and just continue to do so. You know, with the, uh, with the defensive backs, Something that I'm starting to see a little bit more is, you know, aside from Patrick Body, I loved how he said, you know, when he looked at Cincinnati, he saw a top 10 program and different things of that sort. It's always awesome to hear that someone realizing what has been happening recently and just, just hearing it from the recruits mouth is, is something special, especially from someone that's not in state. But what I've been seeing out of the defensive backs, just from your write-ups, Aaron, and, and from other quotes around, it just seems as if uh, positional versatility has kind of been, 
maybe a bit of a stressor. Uh, you know, it kind of seems as if you look at like a Jaquan Shepard, who might have been initially brought in as a safety. Now, you know, going to cornerback. Same with the Todd Bumpus, you know, safety now cornerback, and you know, Dr. McDonald doing the same thing from corner to safety type ordeal. Is is that something that you guys are seeing that the defensive backs in particular, they aren't really being told immediately, hey, you're going to be a corner and, and, you know, we need you to come in and fill this void at corner for us. Or is it kind of just, hey, we can see you doing corner, but if you come in and you start dominating at safety, we're going to move you back there. Well, it's one of those things where, like with body, I mean, they're kind of bringing him in at the post safety. And, you know, they also said if it doesn't work out and you wanted to try and your hand at corner, that's something we can discuss. Uh, but they know where they're targeting. That said, the more interchangeable pieces that you have and can kind of tinker and toy and find as they grow in, I mean, they're juniors in, in college or in high school going into their senior years. So they're not done growing necessarily. So there's, you know, some opportunities that you could get where, I mean, how tall was Des when he was being recruited versus how tall he is now? I think he grew what, like four inches or something? About two and a half, three inches. Yeah. So, I mean, which is substantial, especially a quarterback. That's kind of crazy. So, as Brent, two and a half, three inches, substantial grower. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, it's just you know, I, I think they they find guys that they like and they they try and you know build those relationships and see where it goes. And you know, the key is bringing these guys in the program. I mean, you, we've seen guys on the offensive side of the ball end up on the defensive side of the ball once all said and done, and vice versa. Um, we've seen guys. Like, I mean, somebody in the mailbag brought up Cam Jones, who was a quarterback, came in at tight end, and now he's on the line. So, I mean, just different things happen. He was recruited. He, we're in the trust circle here. He was recruited as an offensive lineman. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's, it's still he, interesting to see. He's just now figuring it out. But, uh, I mean, there, yeah. there, was a, there was a plan. Everyone, yeah, here's what I'll say about, here's what I'll say about defensive backs. Yeah. They do, def, they recruit a body type. Right. Right. No pun intended with Pat. Bob. They recruit a body type. They, you know, if you think back four or five years ago, was there a DB? Was there a corner over six foot? Now you barely find, you know, maybe you'll find like a, you know, a Malik Rainey that, that sneaks in and, and fits cover in those quick shifty slot guys. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're not six, one, you're going to have a hard time getting recruited by this staff, you know, and, and you look at, you know, they're, they're all the way, the way up to six foot two, six foot three. I think, you know, if all, if all goes as hoped inside the lender center, you could see another six, three defensive back added to this class at some point in time. Um, so you know, six, three, six, four depends on, I don't have an official measurement on, on, JQ Hardaway, but uh, tall. He's tall. Um, oh, you know, those, and a, those and a lot chicken of this, nuggets man, are tasty. Mm. Yeah, a lot of this is just the impact of having a guy like Ahmad Gardner, like headlining, because he's tall, he's long. They let him play. Like it, you know, this is the the equivalent. The way they let Ahmad play is the equivalent of just like giving the ball to a, a scoring guard in basketball and saying, go get us buckets because every corner, every corner wants the opportunity to be left on an Island with no help over the top, 
right. like me against my guy. Let me just, you know, we're, we're playing 10 on 10. Yeah. Because everybody else is playing and I've got this, this guy's out. We, we don't have to worry about him. He's out. We're playing 10 on 10 and defensive backs want to do that, man. That's, that's, that's the dream. And Cincinnati is showing not only can you live the dream, but you can be the number five player in the entire country as a junior. I don't think we're unfortunately going to get to see like where he could end up as a senior because the smart money is going to be on him, you know, being at worst a, a second day, a second round draft pick, likely a first day draft pick as this thing is developing. And, uh, the kids notice, man, kids around the country notice that, uh, that, that Ahmad's doing what Ahmad's doing that. And the nickname doesn't hurt. No sauce is just a phenomenal nickname, but I, I do want to move on to basketball real quick, obviously, because, uh, we, we could probably take this another hour and, uh, Ooh, that'd be crazy. But before we move on to basketball, I do want to talk about real quick, Chad, that, that Cam Jones third team when he was a true freshman running the quarterback, was was at Camp Higher Ground was pretty awesome to see. So uh, just just barreling over players. I think he, yeah. he he ended up punching it into the end zone on a goal line. So uh, it's it's understandable when you when you give the ball to an offensive tackle. It's it's like when you run the run the jumbo play, and and there's Cam Jones, and all of a sudden uh, now he has morphed into his uh, more athletic offensive tackle spot. But man, he was he had some special moments at the quarterback position. But move on. <laughs> yeah, but we move on. Chad, you were back on the road, and I know you, all, you touched on it on the BCJ pod a little bit, but I want you to just give us kind of just some tidbits from the weekend, maybe that weren't really in your write-ups, just kind of names that you, after you were able to talk to, who whatever whatever sources or buddies you you had down there in the South, just kind of just some some names and some – Outlooks. I mean, I threw most of the names out. You did. Like you I, did. I, I wrote every. You're asking me to, to name the guys I didn't no. write about. I I I. That's kind of the. I wrote about all of them. Good point. Good point. How about let's let's, <laughs> let's highlight any... one of those names with a with a highlighter. How about that? Okay. Um, I know I didn't see him, but I know one guy they that the staff really liked, and and I know. I believe Andre Morgan saw him on Thursday. Wes Miller saw him on Friday at a Juco showcase. And that's Deshaun Nelson. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, you know, a Kilgore this fall. um, He's a Toledo native. He's six, eight. He's physical. He's versatile. He can knock down a, a, a open look from three. He can take you off the bounce. He can defend multiple positions. Um, I know on the wing, that's a guy they're excited about. I'll drop a new name for you. He, he, he didn't play this weekend, but, but just in talking to some people, I think there's some legit interest. And when I say the name and, and say where he's from, it'll make a whole lot of sense. Do you know the name Jaquan Walton? Jaquan Walton. He's a four-star in 2019. Okay. He went to Georgia. Okay, yeah. Okay. He, he, he battled some injury and illness as a freshman. Uh, he entered the transfer portal at the very beginning of his sophomore year. And, and enrolled in junior college. He'll take this year in junior college, which will be his redshirt sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So he'd have two seasons to play starting in 2022. And obviously the connection there is he was recruited to Georgia by Chad Dollar. Correct. 
Right. You're talking a top 100, six, seven forward, wing forward. Um, so that would be a new name I know the staff really likes uh, that, that you know, can add to the list. I did want to correct something I said on the board. Somebody asked me about uh, uh, Nelson and Leon Bond, if they could play together. My understanding is that wouldn't uh, – the staff would have no problem with that, uh, being that they see Nelson as a four-man, they see Bond as a three. Uh, so they wouldn't really overlap, but Leon Bond is uh, that Virginia offer was concerning today. As I as I talked about last week, like if the Virginia offer comes, it's going to be trouble. Well, the Virginia offer is there. That doesn't necessarily mean he's at the top of Virginia's board on the wing. But as I told everyone, I've been telling everybody, Leon Bond is about as easy of an evaluation as you can make. Um, when you watch him, he's instantly good enough. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not at the, uh, absolute elite blue blood level, but at every other level, Leon Bond is good enough to play anywhere he wants, uh, in the college basketball landscape. So not surprised at all. Generally how that happens with most schools, their staffs are all spread out across the country at different events during the, the evaluation period. They come back, they meet on Monday, and then, you know, decide if any new offers are going out. So Leon Bond got his Virginia offer. Unfortunately, if I had to guess right now, that means Cincinnati's probably running third um, behind hometown Marquette and, and Virginia. So not, a, not ideal news, but you knew it was coming. And that's Virginia had him on campus for an unofficial visit. They told him they wanted to see him in July. They saw him in July and they offered. We, we expected that. So I don't think that's unexpected news. Mm-hmm. Um, tough because that is a guy that obviously they've prioritized. Uh, he just he's blowing up and he's got the option to stay home. He's got the option to go to uh, a team that just won a championship a couple years ago. So that makes it difficult. Um, so what I was going to ask was, was a certain offer from the, from the Cavaliers, from from one Mr. Bennett, is that the reason why you mentioned Nelson and Walton, or is it kind of, you know, well, like I just said, Nelson projects more to the four, so right, he doesn't really have any impact on Bond. I think Walton is more of a a wing forward type um, that could maybe play both because of his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you you know, you asked me. I think one of the names that really stood out, I know, is that that they really like. Deshaun Nelson. Um, and he gives you, he's kind of, you know, he's, he is a transfer cause he'd be transferring from junior college, but in the, you know, the day of the transfer portal, he gives you a guy that's a little bit older, uh, that has spent a year plus in a high major division one program. Um, didn't get, like I said, didn't get to play a lot of games. He had a really bad concussion at the start of his freshman year. And then towards the end of the year, he got sick on a road trip. Got to work out that neck. Yeah. Got to work out that neck. Basketball concussions are a little different. Basketball concussions are usually a little unexpected. <laughs> the football, you're expecting to smash your face into something. Basketball, not so much. Got to work out that neck. You, yeah, sometimes it's like a knee to the temple, which I don't think it matters what happens to your, your neck strength. That sounds like when you, when you... <laughs> um, I know that there was an offer in 2022 that went out. To Daniel Skillings, uh, I will see him not this weekend, but next weekend from uh, from Philadelphia. I've six got beef six. on that. What? I I don't know that tweet. I just wish he could he could clean it up a little bit. 
Okay. Are you, so we're not going they're not going to recruit him now cuz No. Why? Well, I mean, Brent if, doesn't like his tweet. If he decides <laughs> he's going to come and and play for they're the Bears, they're going to have to clean it up. Yeah, yeah they're going to yeah. clean it up. I mean the Bears and, and and black and orange but still I I digress. Continue. Um maybe he's colorblind. Like maybe you're making fun of the kid for <sighs> True. True. You know, let's give Jerk. him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did have a roommate that was colorblind. We we bought him those special glasses and recorded him wearing the glasses for the first time. Turns out he wasn't as colorblind as we thought. But uh, yet again, another story for a different time. But yeah. <laughs> How do you just drop that and, and move on? Turns out that he wasn't as colorblind as we thought. I mean, I've got. I've got. Did you think he lived in a world of gray and like? Well, well no. He would. He would. He would always ask me, "Hey, Brent, is this is this burger cooked? Is the steak cooked?" Because he couldn't really tell, you know. And and certain colors, he he says he can't really see too well. And we bought him the glasses, and he just didn't really react the way we were wanting to. We were expecting, you know, tears and and hugs and things of that sort. But uh, he was like, "Yeah, this this just kind of looks like what everything looked like before." Yeah, he he's like, "Well, I mean, I can see like a little." And then we turned on YouTube videos. To like see if he was really colorblind. I I don't know. It was it was a full night and uh, hit about one thirty a.m. to two a.m. when we did that part. So just just put two and two together on that one. So unbelievable. Uh, did not turn out the way we wanted, but uh, still love it. Were you filming it to like try to get a viral? YouTube we we video? had a hid we had a hidden camera. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the best story you've ever told in the history of this show. Man, I've got. I've got a lot more. We'll do story time with Brent on another pod. Who, who knows? But still, back to uh, back to the basketball recruiting chat. Um, the 2023 offer that went out is one that I've been waiting for for a while. Uh, I love this kid, Dalen Swain. Uh, he's from Columbus area. I, I think he's the number three player in the class in the state of Ohio for 2023. I know some will disagree and have Laurent Rice um, above him. I talked to one person who saw him this week and they, they thought he might be the most um, long-term talented player that Cincinnati's recruiting uh, regardless of class. So uh, really happy with that one. The kid really, really can defend. He's long, good in transition. Um, still needs to, like most players that age, still needs to develop his offense game a little bit, but, uh, it's not like he's completely incapable or incapable uh, on the offensive end. So he's visiting campus in June. Um, I'm not a hundred percent certain on this, but I've been told he's got a relation to the Tate family. Okay. So, you know, th- th- they have proven to be pretty good basketball players. The Tate family, um, as, as, as we've saw his two cousins, have quite a bit of success uh, and now in the NBA and at Arkansas last year. Um, so there are some connections there. I think that one, I mean, Ohio state's already involved. Xavier's already involved. You have to imagine as he gets more time out on the circuit, a lot of the other big fish in the region are going to jump in on Dalen Swain. Uh, but the getting in early uh, is good for Cincinnati. And uh, I, I really liked uh, what I saw from from Dalen Swain. Um, gonna, hold on. Let me pull this up so I don't screw up. Another kid I think I, I would definitely add to the radar 
is a Texas product. He played for Team Trey Young. His name is Alex Anna Mekwe. I think that's it. A-N-A-M-E-K-W-E. Okay. Alex Anna Mekwe. It's a little bit undersized at 6'5", as a more of a four-man. Super long arms, runs the floor really well, block shots, rebounds. Uh, I'm told his high school team uses him a lot different than his AAU team because his AAU team doesn't look at him at all on offense, um, which is a bit frustrating. Uh, but he is uh, he's definitely an interesting forward that, you know, if, if maybe they miss on Nelson, uh, you could see some attention turned to him. I don't know that he's like um, – like an instant offer, like try to get something moving down the tracks real quick on him. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's a guy that they will continue to monitor uh, throughout this summer. And you could potentially see uh, see him grab an offer. Um, another, a really interesting name to me is Davin Cosby. Plays for Team Loaded Virginia. Big time shooter. He's about 6'4", two guard. Um he needs he's got long arms he's not a great athlete but he showed a little bit of ability to do some things off the bounce uh he's gonna have to get better in that aspect the teams are just gonna tag him and and not let him get clean looks from three um so he's gonna have to expand his game a little but high level shooters are high level shooters and there ain't a whole lot of them just floating around out there so i would uh i would keep an eye on him um fun look go look for the content if you if you really want to dig in on some of the younger names uh there's a lot of 2022 and 23 names or 23 and 24 names and even a 2025 name that i threw out there which is an interesting one six foot six kingston land (laughs) the the son of former bearcat eugene land eugene land Yes, sir. And uh, he, from what I've heard, he was playing with Moeller's varsity squad during the summer, uh, June high school uh, camp season and was playing like 16 minutes a game, half the game, which if you're familiar with Moeller at all, you don't see it. You don't. Well, you don't see many freshmen even getting sniffing action at Moeller. And, and this kid is, uh, has got a chance. Here's, here's a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, you want to feel old crowd has been out today because Dusty Baker's son got drafted in the major league baseball draft. So did outliders. Oh, what the, the former San Francisco giants bat boy. Yeah. He got drafted today in the 10th round of major league baseball draft. You want to really feel old if you're a UC fan on the same team was the son of none other than former UC walk-on Anthony Mug McBride. Right. Who was a 2024 recruit that also attends Moeller High School. Uh, so if you see the next McBride at Moeller, who will be a sophomore, it's Anthony Mug McBride's son, which is crazy for me because similar to like Dusty Baker's kid, how everybody remembers that. Mm-hmm. I remember Mug like being in a situation a couple times where he had to bring his kid to practice when he was like two, three, four years old, like sit him in a chair with an iPad or whatever. And, uh, and, and practice while the kid sat there and now he's, you know, 15 years old and, and playing 
high level AAU ball. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> oh, how this the turntables. This is not good. Like, here's the crazy thing. And it used to be like there would occasionally be someone playing who, like, remember their dad, and their dad would be somebody that played in college, like early 90s, late 80s, where it wasn't like, like that makes a sense, big deal. Yeah. yeah. But now you're getting to the point where all these guys that played like in the early 2000s, their kids are coming up. Well, like, and you're like, uh, Kenyon's son's already in the NBA. Yeah. And you're seeing it a lot. Like every game, it feels like there's the son of a former player that you know and remember. Um, and it's, I, I've, there's also like a, uh, there's like a new group of uh, team site guys that are all like the age that I was when I got into it. And they're all like hanging around in their little packs around the event. And I'm standing there with, with Cody Demling and a couple of my guys that, that run peeps.com. And I'm like, Oh shit. We're, we're the old guys. Now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know exactly. We took one year off for a pandemic. We came back and we're, the, we're the old guys now. Like I'm sad. <laughs> you're you're in the you're in the the nike air monarch and and new yeah. balance crowd and these guys yeah. are, are rocking jays <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So what what'd you do last night oh we we went out what what'd you do chad i, I mowed the lawn and uh got real I, tired and had to take a nap <laughs> so the food thing we'll get into the food thing before we move on to the mailbag um i didn't get the chance to hardly go out and get food at all because the events were spectacularly catered in a hospitality room. Um, so I did, you were really, saying, yeah, I didn't really have the need. I did get Whataburger, uh, for dinner the, the night I got to town. Um, and then there's Friday morning. Uh, everybody had told me I need to get Whataburger breakfast. So I went back and got a sausage, egg and cheese taquito, which was not a taquito. It was just a taco. Okay. okay. Or like, kind of a burrito right but a taquito is like rolled and fried right this was just a tortilla with egg and sausage in it so i it didn't count as a taquito but the breakfast was better than than the dinner um and waterburger no loco moco though no it's no loco moco maybe maybe i'll get some loco moco this week all right uh, maybe um wow. The Whataburger, how can you have, like, so many different sizes of, like, a, a single, a double, a triple, and use the same bun? They use the bun they use on the triple for the single. And the bun was just flopping around. <laughs> have a bread burger. I had a bread burger. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find the bun or the bacon. <laughs> and it did kind of taste like a mustard burger. The mustard was really strong, like really strong. But the fries outstanding and the spicy ketchup, everybody should have spicy ketchup because fries and spicy ketchup is delicious. One other thing to add, I was driving home and looking to, uh, you ever play that game when you're on the road? Like I'm not, I'm stopping at a fast food place only based on the signs but I'm not going to the ones that I know. I'm not going to McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King. That's how I found Zaxby's. Yeah. 
So very similar. I've, we've got a Zaxby's here kind of close to us in Florence. So Zaxby's is an option for me kind of regular. So that, that, that takes them out. Um, but I, I, I got a Bojangles. Oh yeah. Bojangles. So Bojangles fries, when we talk about the best fast food fries, I don't think Bojangles fries get enough credit. Better than rallies? Uh, different, a lot different, but just perfectly seasoned, really well cut. Like they, and they were, I got the batch I got was, was fresh out of the fryer. Um, I, I'm a big fan and I haven't had, I've had Bojangles before, haven't had it in a while. So I, I just wanted to say that I think Bojangles fries are, uh, they, they get, they don't get enough credit that they deserve when we talk about best fast food fries. Cause Bojangles fries are, are high level. Better than Penn Station? I had Penn Station today. It depends on the Penn Station, man. That's fair. <laughs> sometimes well, Penn Station fries are elite, and sometimes they're not great. Although the guy at Penn Station today, I don't, he was like the manager or something, and I don't know why he did this. I ordered a small sub for Kelly, a regular sub for me, and a small fry. I got two regular subs and a medium fry, and he only charged me for the small sub and the regular sub. That's so I got a free that. upgrade. I got a free upgrade on the fries and the sandwich. That's that Brendel Clout. Brendel Clout right there. <laughs> oh, oh. Kelsey had friends over last night. So we got pizza for the kids, right? So mm-hmm. I order it online on the, the La Rosa's app, and Kelly goes and picks it up. And the, the the assistant manager at the the La Rosa's is like, Bearcat Journal, Chad Brendel. Kelly was like, "Yep," and she's like, "Tell him I love his work. They do a great job." Shout, Shout out. out three Shout four out. seven one 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 Independence. Uh, and he, he might be listening to this. I, if you are, thank you. Uh, Independence La Rosa's big uh, big BCJ fans. So, so one last question, then we got to go into the mailbag, guys. We got to your favorite purchase from Bucky's. Don't need a long answer, just your favorite purchase. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Cinnamon, cinnamon roasted cashews. Okay. Fresh in a bag, yeah, like under yep. a under a heating lamp. Yeah, we went to the state although, fair, but we're at a Bucky's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although, just to show you how good the cinnamon roasted cashews were, the sliced brisket sandwich. I've probably eaten at a thousand barbecue restaurants in my life. The sliced brisket sandwich at Bucky's was top five. Whew. That's how good the barbecue was at the gas station. Oh, and, it was look at unbelievable. That. You, you just put on your Bucky's shirt. You is that a Bucky's mascot you're holding too? Golly, I love it. I, I did. I, it. Got, I bought Kelsey the the mascot. Okay, Bucky the Beaver, and then I bought her a shirt that says "I'm pretty fly." with Bucky the Beaver on it. So I like that. Theater like of the that. mind. Excellent. All right. Aaron, well, take it away. Let's open up that mailbag. Um, first question, Aaron, how firm is Shepard? Any recruiting crumbs from Chad or you on offensive line or other positions exiting July lockup would be cool too. Um, Shepard's all the way in. I mean, he's out there. I mean, if you pay attention to his Twitter, he's out there recruiting kids. He's out there retweeting everybody's stuff. He's, I got no inkling when I talked to him that his heart would be remotely anywhere else. He's all the way in. I, I think that was a uh, quote that was kind of twisted out of 
the original context of what was said because he was like eh, i'm really busy but you know if i find some time to not be busy i might stop up like it was not as it was portrayed in the article like Derek shepherd is visiting michigan right like let's let's slow our roll on on the way that that was done um and the, fuck michigan <laughs> i said uh, it as far as offensive line goes i think uh I mean, obviously, Livingston, Landon Livingston still hasn't committed anywhere. Um, I don't know that there's any reason necessarily to think that at this point that he's going to choose Cincinnati over some of his other choices. Isn't his, is his date this week? Yeah, the 16th. Yeah, 16th. I, I, I think Cincinnati's kind of in the same situation here probably that, that they are in Leon Bond. I, my, my feeling is they're probably at this, at this specific moment running third. Um, if he's a take at Iowa, I think there's a decent chance he ends up at Iowa. If not, I think, uh, from, from talking to people, West Virginia is probably slightly ahead of Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati is, is out of it at all, but just reading the tea leaves right now, I would estimate or guess, uh, running, running third, which in the, in the home stretch is, is a difficult place to be. That said, I think they're going back to the board and they're just going to try and figure out where else they can slot some guys and, and continue on next guy up. So is, um, is that the, just, just a quick side question. Is that the same for the tight end position? Or- yeah. I listed a name on the board that if you're a paying member, go to the 2022 recruiting thread and, and you can get that name. And uh, you know, I think they're, they're a little farther down the road on tight end because Washington made his decision last week. If yeah. Livingston makes his decision this week and it's not Cincinnati, then you'll see more activity on what's next on the offensive line. Chad picked up what I put down there. Thank you. I did. Cool. Um, I know we kind of talked about it. We touched on it a little bit here, but uh, this week, you said this week could be a big one, Chad. Any, uh, any nuggets? Nope. Cool. Go back and listen to the rest of the podcast. You might find one. All right. <laughs> Um, is it possible for Chad to do a healthy food review? Also, maybe try no. some Slavic restaurants. There's a good Russian restaurant in Loveland. Maybe invite Vic. Happy to help translate. No, I like that idea. Second half is a good idea. Here's the problem with like the second half or, or the healthy part as well. My daughter's involved in this. She doesn't eat healthy. And there's no way I'm going to get her to eat Russian food. Could Vic she- even fit in your car? No. <laughs> now she might want vodka, but she's not 13 yet. So what parent is going to give a 10 year old vodka? Good point. You raise a good point. Um, I think this is maybe my favorite question in the whole mailbag this week. <sighs> what is one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them? For me, it would be combat boots. <laughs> for me, I think it would be. I don't think I would like be able to get along with someone wearing a Xavier article of clothing, or a Steelers article of clothing, or a Cardinals like, article of clothing. Just like, immediately, this doesn't all the way out. Work. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, we're not going to get along. I would well, call you stupid. One of the first you states you ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. Right. One of the first dates, if you show up wearing any athletic apparel, I might be like, 
sweetheart, this is a steakhouse. But well, uh, I mean, if she shows up in like a, a, a vintage Kenyon Martin jersey turned into a dress, the jersey dress, yeah, then you're not gonna you're not gonna feel that way. I mean, if that's the case, we're skipping dinner. I, you know, I, <laughs> you tell her you're gonna. Uh, I need to borrow that dress so I can get it framed and hung on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would actually probably say, yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry. If we don't work out, I will need that outfit, please. No matter what. I, I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm gonna stick with combat boots. I don't know that I could. I could do the combat boots on a, but, on a first date. But some combat boots work well with outfits. But, but I understand first, first, uh, first date. No, I think you're mistaking like designer boots for combat boots. Okay, fair enough. I'm talking like guy style, like combat boots. Right. I think I'm out on that. Okay. All right. Uh, do we have a time frame for when the non-conference schedule will be completed for basketball? No. Cool. Before uh, the start of the non-con, be- before November. Sounds about right. They're working on finishing up a few things there's a couple there's a team or two that are being difficult did chat and not in the way that xavier was difficult with the the covid uh not all that far different crosstown shootout (laughs) all right so did chad iron out the details for his oceans 11-esque plan to get into the peach jam no i've been (laughs) trying man trust me i'm on plan like g like I, I've exhausted, I, I had a plan where like, so they're, they're not letting fans in, but they're letting 30 members of each uh, EYBL team, like 30, you know, parents, friends, family, each team gets 30 spots. So I was wondering if I could like get on one of those 30 spots. And I, 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 I thought it was possible. And then I found out that they made the uh, teens submit that list of 30 people like may 1st so that weasels like me couldn't sneak their way in uh at the deadline so they chad proofed it uh pretty well because i have been exploring a lot of different options on how the hell i'm going to get into the peach jam and none of them have uh none of them have been feasible um I'm one like I, the only thing I have left is if I like uh, like video game style, like crouch behind one of the workers as they're walking to the car. And then like, you know, in the video game, you crouch, you stealth, sneak you in stealth. in their outfit. Yeah. And then sneak in in their outfit. I think that's the only chance I've got. Uh, you know, is, is the juice worth the squeeze? We'll have to see. That's an 18 hour drive there and back to see if I can uh, assault someone and risk going to jail. <laughs> Is it, is it all, all for the BCJ, baby? All for the BCJ. If, so if the peach juice is worth the squeeze. Ooh, I see what you did there. So the peaches actually are worth attempting that because there's like this um, like it, Birmingham this week. They had all different restaurants from around Birmingham cater in either lunch or dinner. So there was like these. Uh, like a smoked chicken and smoked turkey sandwiches one day. There was burgers. Uh, there was a, a chicken sandwich. They had all different kinds of good stuff. Well, at Peach Jam, what they have is this group of volunteers that are all, I mean, I, the youngest one is probably 65. And they work the hospitality room at the Peach Jam every year. And these little old ladies cut up the peaches 
and then put them in little cups and then season them with like a simple syrup. And like, they are the greatest thing ever. And I've tried, like, how, how do you get them to taste like that? And the little old ladies won't tell me, but they do like, they, they make all the, they have a day that's like lunch meat. They have a day that's like burgers and hot dogs. And, um, this little, little group of, uh, people that are, are connected to the park view river view or park view uh athletic facility uh but it's it's the little cups of peaches that you could just sit there and have like 10 of them uh they're, they're so delicious so yeah that would be worth it if like if i needed to to shank somebody uh for their their work outfit for the peach jam it would it would be for the peaches it's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays off <laughs> <laughs> Out of the new camp names, who does the staff seem to feel best about? Is there any traction? It, it's, I, I don't know. It, it happened yesterday. Like, you got to come back. And it, right now, I mean, honestly, it's more about going down the list and getting evaluations. This guy's out. This guy's in. Like, Thursday, I probably watched four or five different guys that the evaluation was not good enough. So you're just crossing guys off the list. And then the guys that advanced next round, if you will, the next step is finding out, like, do we legit have traction with this kid? Um, so I think they're in that phase now. I'm guessing that was, uh, you know, a lot of what they work through and in, in what every staff around the country has on Monday after an evaluation period, which is like a three-hour staff meeting to go over everything that everybody saw. Um, so no, I don't know that there's any specific traction that came out of it. There probably won't be until maybe after next week. So you get a second full week of AAU evaluation going into that third week. Um, and then coming out of the third week is when you'll hopefully start to see the guys that, that they're serious about. You'll start seeing official visits set up, um, for the start of the football season. So, you know the Miami game and the uh, Moorhead state game. I think you would expect at that point to hopefully have a, a couple basketball recruits uh, on town in town on their official visits. All right. It's the timeline as I know it. Um, compare the AAC to the old conference USA and what situation do you think was or is better for the program? Brent, you have any thoughts on this? Um, I would say the AAC is stronger. No. At the top. Mm-mm. You don't think? Mm-mm. Louisville, Marquette, DePaul was legit back at that yeah, point in time. true, true. Cincinnati, okay. Charlotte was really good. I'm just saying, okay, so what? was The Memphis AAC was, should be. They should be. Memphis should was be. like, they should be. But they, the teams that are supposed to have stepped up, have not taken that step. So right now you've got Houston and the chumps. Mm-hmm. That's what this conference is right now. Yeah, true. I, so the way that I was looking at it is if you, I guess if, if you're saying right now, the AAC, because when you think about it, sure. It was, it was Louisville the, the one year that it became the AAC, you know, and they win the national championship. Then well, they, they don't count. They're not there anymore. I know, but I just meant as a whole, because if you're going to talk about, as a whole conference USA and then as a whole 
the AAC. I mean, the, what the AAC has two national championships, technically, and, and then another Final Four. But they're both gone. I, I understand that, but but everyone's gone from Conference USA too. Okay, that's why I don't think Conference USA now is better than. But we're talking about the Conference USA when the Bearcats played in it at their peak, right? And the American now, it's not close. Oh no, I okay. I guess when I see it like that, yeah, okay, not close. I I was taking it as a whole when when since he was in Conference USA from beginning to the end of their time there. And then AAC from the beginning to the end. I would say then you would have a little bit more of an argument for the AAC against I, I, Conference I USA. still strongly disagree. I understand. I, I'm just judging it. National you championships. Had Ken, you had Kenyon Martin. You had right. Dwayne Wade. I, I know. I know. You Clinton that, Richardson. Like right. you, you, Conference USA. The, here's the thing. And, and this, is, this is what has changed. The shoe companies, when the shoe companies started shoe circuits on the AAU trail, changed everything. <clears throat> and it, it, not because they really, they don't, it's not as nefarious as people think. But mm-hmm. if you're playing for a Nike team, you're going to get recruited by more Nike programs than anybody else. If you're playing for an Adidas program, Adidas programs are going to be looking at Adidas from players more than they're going to be looking at for, at Nike because they know the Nike kids are going to be harder to get. Under Armour, it has become clear that nobody likes Under Armour because nobody is on the Under Armour circuit. Right. It stinks this year. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, yes, there's a couple guys, but as a whole, woof. Um, so that has changed the landscape of college basketball when that wasn't in place, and especially – like at the time, the Power Five was kind of still evolving into what it is now. A- at yeah. the time, it wasn't seen as they weren't autonomous. They didn't have yeah. the power, and now they do. And and that's something like the money changes. I guess that's what it comes down to: is right. the Power Five didn't have schools getting thirty, forty, fifty million dollars where the teams outside the power five, the best conference is getting seven and everybody else is getting pissed on. So that has created this divide and that didn't exist. Like it was so much easier to get kids to get a DeMar Johnson to Cincinnati, to get a Quentin Richardson to DePaul, you know, Wade wasn't very heavily recruited, but Louisville always got big time players when they were in conference USA um marquette got big time players when they were in conference usa so that stigma didn't exist in the in the 90s through the 90s when it was created into the the early 2000s before everybody left um so they the conference usa had a distinct advantage that the american doesn't have and and that's the american is fighting upstream because they're fighting the name brands they're fighting the power structure and they haven't performed and yeah, it's great that Houston got to a Final Four, but teams are looking at this league as Houston and everybody else until everybody else proves that they're back in the same conversation as Houston. Because these last two years, it hasn't been close. Houston's no. kicked everybody's ass. Even even yes, two years ago was a tie, but that was because Houston lost two games that made absolutely no sense. Right. Well, and and you also won me over when 
you start talking about the power five, not power five thing. Cause now it is just way more evident and yeah, way, way more. I, I mean, obviously college football is a big reason why, but still you also look at the, at the conference USA back in the day when, when it did do its conference realignment and you saw the amount of teams who were able to make the leap from conference USA right. to the bigger conferences. And so, uh, you look at the AAC now, how many teams could make that leap to a quote-unquote Power 5 conference? Probably only two, maybe three. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yes, you, you are right. Congrats. All right. Yes. We got, we got there. Ding. <laughs> Will more kids transfer because they feel they have better opportunities elsewhere for NIL deals? Yeah. I, I don't know. Why do kids transfer? I, maybe some like weather more somewhere. It's, it's the same answer as like, why does a kid pick a school at, out of high school? Like every situation is different. Will there be? Well, okay. You want an answer? Yes. There will be more kids that transfer because of NIL because before there wasn't NIL. So there were no kids transferring for NIL. Now there will be some. Were they transferring for bags though? That's not the question. It's <laughs> not the question. So, yes, there will be more kids that transfer for NIL because there was no NIL to transfer for until July 1st. How's that? Did I skate that one clean I enough? Mean, you found the loophole. Uh, that yes. said, you have to say that you, you got to be excited for like Malik Van and his announcement with 513 shirts today and um, Jeremiah Davenport last week with his, his deal. Our guys at 513 shirts. So while you're there shopping for your Malik Van merchandise, before you check out, grab yourself one of these spiffy mm. red new era stretch fit hats with the Bearcat that, Journal logo on it. That no other staff members are allowed to have. It'll it'll match the Malik Van shirt. You can have one. You go to 513shirts.com. You drop down partners. It says Bearcat Journal. <laughs> there are no perks. <laughs> I don't own the company. I don't have hats just I sitting around. I don't know why you're yelling at us. We didn't do anything wrong. Anymore. Wants, do we have another Brent, one? We do have one last one. Brent um, wants me to order him a hat. Um, the last one is, uh, I don't know if this has been asked, but what is everyone on the podcast's favorite Cincinnati restaurant? And that came courtesy of Edits by Taylor, who thank you for the uh, the edits that you've been doing to drop along with the articles. It's been a nice yeah. touch. She's going to be around for a while. We, we inked her to a deal. She's going to be around for a little while. Congrats, um, Taylor. That's a tough question. Like, favorite restaurant and favorite food are two different things. If I'm picking, like, my legit, like, my one meal I would pick in Cincinnati, I would I would pick Island Fridays. Jerk chicken, rice and peas with gravy, which I've talked about before, is the, the broth from their oxtail stew, and they dump it over top of the gravy. Cabbage and uh, plantains. And I, I would, that's, it's the best, my favorite meal to eat in greater Cincinnati. Okay. And then number two would be La Torta Loca. Okay. A sandwich from La Torta Loca. I still got to get down there, man. I do. My, well, mine is, uh, 
I mean, I was born in Cincinnati, raised there for 11 years, and then I've lived in Indianapolis for the rest of my life. So uh, it's pretty easy answer for me is Skyline Chili. So whenever I uh, am feeling good and hungry, it's Skyline time. Gather around friends and family. They're not giving you an NIL deal. Unreal. It's it's skyline time. Um, I, I I do hate that mine's like kind of a mainstream one as well, but I have entirely too many family memories there. Um, just with all the different gatherings and what have you we've done there. Um had prom there. Um just we have a family connection with uh the owners as my grandfather started going there back when he was young and they were first starting, but Montgomery Inn. Um, whether it's at the original one in Montgomery, which I think I kind of prefer as opposed to the boathouse with all like just the movers and shakers down at the, at the boathouse. I kind of like the, the vibe a little bit more at the, uh, the original Montgomery Inn, but. Montgomery Inn and Skyline. You I know it's, I, I, I mean, mine, mine is reasonable. Aaron's. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. My family ties. <laughs> well, no, okay. It makes Aaron, it unreasonable. Aaron, Aaron, if it makes you feel better. My number two is probably Montgomery Inn or Graders. So. I was going to say Graders would probably be. I mean, two. Well, I, I mean, I think about it. Is. Think about it. There is a. I mean, I got to stand up on a pedestal, and and praise Skyline Chili over here. It's, it's it's hot out here, guys. It's hot out here, and sometimes you need tasty Graders and some Montgomery Inn ribs to to wash everything down. I mean, Dave Portnoy just discovered Graders, so yeah, and he he said it. He said it slaps, but he it said slaps. It yep. <laughs> it busts. It's busting. Um, favorite restaurant. That's a tough one. Like favorite place to go, like sit down and have a meal. Um, you know, it, it, if it what what would you like if the place it's, you it's go on your right. anniversary every year would probably be like near the top of the list, right? So for us, and our anniversary is Wednesday. 14 Congratulations. years. She's 14 years she's put up with me. Rubies? Um, huh? Rubies? Uh, no, it's not that I have anything against Rubies, but it, for me, it would be Naughty Pine on the Bayou. Ooh. Have you ever had it? I, Aaron, I'm guessing you have. Brent, I'm guessing you haven't. I have. Is, is that the same as the Naughty Pine in Columbus? No, it is a uh, New Orleans, like Cajun style restaurant that's oh, in okay. Northern Kentucky. Haven't okay. been there. Uh, it's in Wilder, and it is unbelievable. They, they have their sea bass, their blackened sea bass, Ooh. is a top five dish in greater Cincinnati. My favorite fish right there. Yeah, sea bass is delicious. They also have something now uh, that we are going to to get uh, Wednesday. Are you, are you guys hip to the new, like, the Sidewinder Fry movement? Oh, yeah. No. Yes. No, you don't know what sidewinder fries are. Nope. So they're like, they cut like in a spiral around the potato. Mm -hmm. So they're these spirals and they're thick and they kind of look like the, when they're finished, they kind of look like rallies fries. They get that dark coloring to them. This place does loaded fries, but instead of loading them with like, chili and cheese or uh whatever else it's a cajun place so guess what they load it with Ooh, crawfish <laughs> etouffee chicken and andouille sausage gumbo 
Man. Dumbo. You you were all around it, Aaron. You were all around it. So big plate of sidewinder fries, a couple ladles of gumbo, and some shredded cheese on top of it. I'm very excited for our anniversary dinner Wednesday. I had Jay Gumbo's a couple weeks ago. I can't wait to go back. I might do that this week. Okay. I love it. I love it all around. Well, cool. That's the bag. Is that that's the bag? Anything else from you? You you find gentlemen on this Monday evening? I'm out of words. I, 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 Bear's ready to do the podcast. He's though. ready. Lock it in. Lock it in. Aaron, anything else from you, my man? Should be a good week. Should be. Stay locked be. in to BCJ as always. So stay locked into when you need to listen to the radio as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Nuggets. I do love those Denver Nuggets. They had a bunch of Bearcats on their team at one time. But anyway, I digress. Yet again, <laughs> it was another fantastic Bearcat Bounce podcast, BBP, presented by BearcatJournal.com. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a great, great week.